Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale, Season 7, Episode 4, Chapter 121, Love and Marriage. After enlisting Archie's help, Cheryl's plan to fool her family spirals out of control. Jughead turns to Veronica for help after finding himself in some trouble, and Betty gives Kevin an ultimatum. They tricked us on this one. Um, this was a better episode. It was fine. It was, it was like, it was nothing, like, super special, but it was pretty good. Just where are we going? <laughs> uh, we're not going to know that for a while, David. I don't want 22 episodes of this. Come we're on. We're not getting 20 episodes of this, but we're, I, I still stand firm that I feel, think, I still think that, like, Episode 12, 13 is where we're going to get the we're reveal. Awake, yes. We know, we know that this is not where we're supposed to be. Like, that's what's yeah, going to happen. I and know. then the back half will be getting back to where they are and setting things right in our timeline. <sighs> All right. So we start this in the principal's office. Uh, Sheriff Tom Keller is there and he is asking Ethel about the photo that she drew Hey, you know, like, hey, this looks like your parents. This looks like you, Jughead. Why did you hide it? Are you trying to help your friend? And then the principal's all like, yeah, what about these sketchy comics? Like, this is a very disturbing story. And Jughead's just like, don't say anything more until we have a lawyer. And then we cut to the hallway. Veronica sees them leaving. and She's like, what's going on? Jughead's like, they're railroading us. Drama. Drama. Uh, we go over to the locker room and Julian confronts Archie. Like, I can't believe you took advantage of my sister. And Archie's like, huh? Like, you went all the way with her? And he's just like, huh? And then Archie... I like, number one, no. Number two, you told me to go out with her. Yes, and he asks, asks him that. And he's like, yeah, but not all the way. And Archie's like, well, we didn't go all the way. That's not what my sister's saying. So we cut to Archie pulling Cheryl into room and being like, huh? What happened? And it's like, all we did was kiss. And she's like, we did more than that. She has a great line about, you know, she didn't get this, you know, love mark from Bella Lugosi. <laughs> uh, and like, so basically they just made out. Cool. Have fun with that. But she's telling them that they went all the way. And she tells him that it's protecting her from the family. So, and Archie's like, but from what? why and she's like just just don't ask any more questions it's just a white lie who is it hurting and you know archie's kind of like all right cool whatever oh oh archie oh sweet dumb boy sweet dumb boy we cut outside to the picnic tables and betty's sitting there and kevin comes up and gives betty back her book and she's like oh my goodness you you read it did that was fast did you did you learn anything and he's like i think i know what you want she goes and and he's like i want to wait till marriage and she is a little shocked and confused and she goes well okay how about this i'm not okay with you making all the decisions in this relationship so i don't think we're going out anymore and leaves well okay which, then which i kind of fucking love <laughs> it's very good and we cut to the blue and gold office and betty's on the floor crying and tony's like what's going on and she's like me and kevin broke up and she's like oh boys ruin everything and Betty starts to explain, you know, we were talking about having a more physical relationship and an ultimatum was put down. And Tony goes, you wanted to wait till marriage. And Betty's like, no, Kevin wanted to wait. So I broke up with him. <laughs> and she's just very emotional. And Tony's like, look, do not be ashamed. More girls should be doing what you did. They should be asking for what they want from their boyfriends. And somebody's like, well, what do I do now? It's so cute. Like, Betty is so, she's not pathetic, but she's just like, 
like she she doesn't have a model for this yeah. so she's no, no, no. she's flailing she's flailing uh-huh. and tony's like look let's go to the dark room get a coffee and maybe this is exactly what the doctor ordered uh so then we cut to a jail cell and you know ethel is like staring off into space and veronica has come to talk to jughead and she's being a little flirty and they're basically trying to figure out like what they could do and veronica's like well uh, if I'm going to put on my Nora Charles hat, doesn't Riverdale have a corner? They would have performed an autopsy and they could tell us like when they died. And Jughead's like, every town has a coroner. I just don't know who that is, which I I love that we haven't named Dr. Curdle Jr. or regular here. <laughs> because Nor of have how we often seen him? we have not seen him in the show yet. Which I, I wonder if he just isn't there. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if it's also Dr. Werther's. That would be fun. Um, but oh, uh, ooh, ooh, new prediction. The actual coroner, who is going to be Dr. Curdle, um, actually works at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And that's his day job, is performing um, uh, experiments on the patients there. That's what's actually Ah, ah but will it be Dr. Curdle or Dr. Curdle Jr.? I think it'll be the actor who play who is Dr. Curdle Jr. playing Dr. Curdle. that that's that's how i'm i think that's gonna work and i would love it it'd be great um so veronica's gonna go on her way to figure out who that is and jughead like calls her he's like hey nora charles the thin man is one of my favorites to veronica goes i had a feeling it's very flirty (laughs) it's very cute um we cut to the andrew's house and archie has come home and he finds a very upset mary and he's like what what's going on mom like miss blossom came by is it true what she's saying you and cheryl did how did this happen and (laughs) kj is so amazing at playing the innocence here like mom i'm really not comfortable discussing this with you (laughs) it is so his he is so pitch perfect it is amazing and it's just so awkward. So apparently he's got to put on a suit and they have to go over to the Blossoms to figure out a path through the mess that him and Cheryl have made. Riverdale. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, geez. So we go to Thornhill and Clifford is back. I love this. I love when Clifford's around. It was so, such a missed opportunity when he when he died in the first season because it's like oh man he's so cool and yes he brought back we got him brought back with secret twin but still it's i love having him back he's so ridiculous but of um, course par- he's he is now the mayor <laughs> yeah he's the mayor um blah 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 he knows senator joe mccarthy that's not great and he point blanks asked archie what do you think of the russia problem uh it's a massive problem sir <laughs> <laughs> which which is just like i i have i know nothing about nothing i'm just going to agree with you to get through this night i love russia um, like i love archie uh russia it's a big problem sir um and then and then clifford has a nice moment talking about how you know fred was a decent hard-working red-blooded american uh. and he, he, well, he he has fond memories of fred cool and then he says that after dinner mary needs to come to the study so that they can all talk about what's going on and so we cut to later and cheryl and archie are walking in the gardens whatever everything there's snow covering everything they're on a bridge 
And Cheryl says, you know, hey, I'm, I never met your dad. I'm sorry about that. And Archie starts reminiscing about Fred. And like they was that was his best friend. And they would go to the movies every weekend and they really liked Westerns. And that Fred would joke about going to California and they would become cowboys uh, and live on a ranch. And this is really sweet. And Archie says, you know, I, I think about that a lot. And then they kiss. And it's actually very sweet. It's very cute. And again, it really calls back to that season one um, maple tapping scene that we got. Yeah. And and you also see Cheryl being like, he's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Like he had like, it sucks that he lost his dad, but he has like such he had such he has such great memories of him. And that's so nice she's really trying to talk herself into like maybe i could be with archie well it's very much like this is the type of person i want to be with because Mm -hmm. he's a he's a good person he comes from good people um you know which fair totally makes sense when your family is a nightmare you definitely want to want to create and join a family that is not a nightmare uh, we cut on over to the dark room and Betty and Tony are kind of walking in. And as we scan the room, we see Kevin and Clay dancing together. And Tony catches this and she turns right around like, you know what, Betty, you don't want to see this. And Betty's like, what, sissy? See what? And then she sees Kevin and Clay. And she goes, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And she kind of starts panicking. And Tony, like, shoves her back up the stairs to leave. Whoa. Uh-oh. Uh, we cut to Veronica at the sheriff's office. Being like, look, uh, death certificate, Jug was at the dance, you got to cut him loose. And Tom's like, fine, but what about Ethel? She's like, we'll figure that out, it'll be fine. Uh, I'm sorry, is the cell going to unlock itself? Because I'm a very busy teenager. Tom Keller with that face of like, (laughs) (sighs) I hate these Uh, kids. (laughs) Yeah, they're the worst. These meddlesome teenagers. Love it. Again, this is such comic book Veronica. I love it. But I do appreciate that still in this universe, Tom Keller, suspicious, but also wants the actual truth. (laughs) Sure. He wants the truth, but he's, you know, he's got to follow his leads. Uh, We cut over to Pops. Jug is stuffing his face. Love, love hungry Jug. Where was this for six seasons? We got like three moments of it in our original run. Like, Tiny little calls. This is like full-blown comic book jug. They'd have done this the whole time. His character would have been so much better. So much more fun. Um, we he, we find out that Ethel finally told him where she was. Uh, she was waiting at the bus stop to go to the dance, and Julian Blossom rolls up in his car and offers to take her for a ride. But instead, he takes her to Lover Point. He gets a little handsy. She gets out of the car. He tells her, if you tell anybody, I'll tell them you're lying. And so then she got got home, found her parents. Uh, so, yeah, that's not great. And so their plan is to go talk to Julian and hope that he'll do the right thing and corroborate Ethel's story. Because if they if they just blab about it, they think it's going to make things worse. Yeah, they need they need Julian to come forward, <laughs> which oh, God help us. <laughs> <laughs> We cut on over to the Cooper home and Betty comes in and Alice is yelling at her. Where have you been? Mrs. Keller just called, which I find hilarious because she is mentioned exactly twice in the original runs. We find out that she's in the military or something. And then the time when Kevin replays why he goes to Fox Forest. That's the only two times we've actually talked about 
where Mrs. Keller is. Right? Mrs. Keller is here? She's here? Are we going to see her? In Riverdale? So she's apparently, you know, she's worried. Kevin's devastated to which but he's like, oh, he's fine. He's already <laughs> found a shoulder to cry on. And it's quite masculine. And it turns out that was the problem the whole time. To which Alice is like, what? Like, he likes boys. To which Alice comes around and goes like, that's just a phase. And, you know, carnal passion doesn't last. So you need to be there for him um, because you have a real relationship. And Betty's just like, you are crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, internally. She doesn't say that. But you can see it over her face. It's like, you are cracked, mom. We cut on over to Jughead, and he has returned to his train car, but it has been completely trashed. And then he finds the dog bowl, and Hot Dog is nowhere to be seen. He goes, where'd they take you, boy? So, you know, Jughead's sad life is now sadder. (laughs) We go over to the Andrews house, and this is after dinner at the Blossoms, and Mary is just like, that was torture. And Archie's trying to soften it. Well, Mr. Blossom said nice things about Dad, and Mary's not having it. Oh, he's been a hypocrite, a war profiteer, and a draft dodger. And so Archie's like, huh? How is he a war profiteer? We find out that Clifford sold his maple syrup at a premium during the Korean War. I'm sorry. Which I find hilarious. Oh, yeah. That that shit is so stupid. Oh. (laughs) That's not a thing you could shelf stable for a military operation. (laughs) Maple syrup is pretty shelf stable, but regardless, it's not something they would have shipped off to Korea. Yeah, it's just really stupid. It's it's dumb, but what it again? It makes sense. So Mary goes on to explain that you know she's always tried to give them a wide berth, the blossoms, but now they're going to be linked for the rest of their lives. And Archie's like, oh, <laughs> uh, we had a long talk, and we've decided that based on your actions, what's best to do is for y'all to get married. Married? Aren't we too young for that? The way he pitches his voice up in this is precious. It is so precious. I love this so much. It's not as good as the next line. Mary goes on to say, Dr. Worthers will be giving you and Cheryl a test tomorrow. I need to take a test now, too? This is the the comic bookiest Archie moment. I, I love, like, I can see, like, the sweat, you know, droplets being shouted from his head in the comic book cell. It is so funny. Um, so it's going to be a compatibilities test uh, to make sure that they're compatible and psychologically ready to get married. So Archie takes a moment, goes, Mom, this can't be what you want for me. And she goes, it isn't. But if you're old enough to do what you did, you're old enough to take responsibility for it. And you have to think of Cheryl's honor, uh, you know, because her reputation will be destroyed. And I know you don't want that. And you would think she was pregnant because that's the way they're talking about it. Oh, yeah. But we know she's not. Um, it would be interesting if that's what Cheryl was telling them. Like, oh, I'm pregnant. And it's like, um, how is that possible? Because we did not have sex. Um, but, you know, they don't have the best sex ed here in Riverdale. So being confused could make sense. But it does then weigh again on Archie that, like, he's already been told by Cheryl that she needs protection from her family. So this, so, like, let's lie about it. And now it's like, okay, well, I I do want to help out Cheryl, but, like, now it's becoming this? What? He is rapidly spiraling out of control here. But to mirror this, we go over to the front of school and Midge is talking to things and 
she's never late and that she's scared and fang's like don't worry baby i love you we're gonna figure this out i promise so that can only mean one thing <laughs> oh, yeah. uh we go to the hallway and jughead and veronica approach julian julian denies everything they ask her you know why why would even you why would you even make a play for ethel's like i don't know to see if i could cheap thrills and jughead punches him jughead doesn't just punch him jughead goes old-timey boxer hands yeah i love it it's great and punches him <laughs> what the hell jones yeah uh and I, I like you know he's like you took advantage of uh people like my friend ethel so you're gonna do the right thing for once in your life so then we cut to basically julian coming out of the sheriff's office or the principal's office rather i'm, I'm getting those two confused because it's either Right, we the way we're coming out, it's always like, is are we at the school or are we at the sheriff's office? And it's very confusing because Tom's there. The more wood the paneling there is, we're in the sheriff's office. Yeah, but this one we're at the school. So Tom comes out, it's like, yeah, Julian gave a statement. So Ethel's free to go, right? Yeah, she's no longer an active suspect, though an adult is gonna need to sign her out. And Veronica assures that the Coopers are on their way, they've agreed to take her in again. So we cut to Dr. Werther's office, and it's time for the compatibility tests. There's only three questions, and these questions are awful. First question, do you come from similar backgrounds? The Blossoms are descended from European barons and baronesses. And Archie's response is that his dad used to talk about how his grandpa Artie and his wife barely survived the Dust Bowl. <laughs> so, okay. Oh, this is so painful. It is. Second question, are you close friends? To which... Archie's just kind of like, eh, and Cheryl's like, mm-hmm, oh, yeah, we fucked. So, yeah, we're close. Um, and then Archie tries to be like, I always pride myself on getting along with pretty much everyone. Last question. Do you understand the concept of marriage? And they're both just like, uh, so clearly not. And basically, it's Archie, don't fuck around. And Cheryl, make your husband dinner. That's it. <laughs> That's marriage. Uh, okay and he asks point blank have i clarified things no you have clarified nothing nothing it's perfect (laughs) nailed it nailed the attitude of the time oh god yeah it's real gross but like on the other hand i was i it wasn't gross of the really badly unintentional variety it's Oh, yeah, y'all nailed pretty much societal views of that shit. Absolutely. Uh, we cut over to Thornhill, and Mary is there with Penelope, and Penelope has gotten the call. Dr. Werther says that they're compatible, and Mary's like, well, I, I am surprised. Um, you know, Archie and Cheryl are so different, and Penelope hits on something again from season one. Well, they both have that glorious red hair, don't they? <laughs> again that was directly talked about in season one. Oh, the blossom red hair cult yep so then we cut to the dark room and tony's hanging out and things comes up she's how's it hanging not well midge thinks she might be in trouble rubbing his stomach area and so tony's like oh geez are you are you sure not 100 percent, but pretty sure and so tony's like okay i gotta get some some supplies so that we can confirm that midge is in fact pregnant and so you got to meet me at the biology lab at school tonight um can you dig it big daddy (laughs) so dorky the can you dig it was annoying the big daddy made me laugh a lot that was funny that was Mm -hmm. funny 
we cut back to the school and Kevin's in the music room and Betty comes in and she tells him that she saw him in clay. And he's just like, Oh, that that, we were just kidding around. And she's just like, no, I, you, you like boys. And he's just like, after we broke up, I went to the gym and I was bawling my eyes out and clay was in the locker room and he heard me. And I'm so sorry. If I had known, I, I wouldn't have wasted your time. And it's like, he definitely means that. Like, he genuinely feels bad that he's hurt Betty. And Betty's Which, just like, I can't pretend that I understand what you're going through. But I don't see our relationship as having been a waste of time. And that is just like the sweetest thing ever. It's like, yes, you hurt me, but you didn't mean to hurt me. And you're still a good person. And we have a lot of good things between us. So we're still going to be friends here. It's this, this I really like. I thought this was really good. Betty and Kevin are BFFs again. They're BFFs, just like in the future. But in the future, they really don't hang out as much. But okay. They started off as BFFs. They did. So again, yeah, we're back to uh, season one dynamic here. Mm -hmm. We cut over to Pops and Archie and Cheryl are having milkshakes. It's so cute. Very classic comic book milkshakes. Uh, Archie with a shit-eating grin. It's the most awkward. Yeah, it's, well, Archie's trying to be excited. He's like, well, I guess it's happening. And Cheryl's just like, yeah. And so he's like, are you sure you want to go through this? You really want to be married? And she's like, would it really be that bad? And he's like, no, I just want to get to know you better. And then maybe through that process, I'll get to know myself better. It's easy to figure out your path when someone's walking alongside you, which is so sweet. That is like the sweetest sentiment. It's flawed and it's wrong, but his intentions there are so sweet. Like he just wants to figure out his purpose in life. And if I've got somebody to do that too, then it'll be great. It's so sweet. And also I think points to the meta narrative Mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Where you're, you're seeing them fumbling a bit and all of them are like, something bigger is supposed to happen. And I'm not quite sure what, and I don't know how I fit into that. Yeah. I, I think that's another little hint there, especially how the story like plays out as it goes along. Mm-hmm. There's some ways in which they're connecting some dots where you feel like, oh, this is pointing to some of that bigger stuff down the road. Well, so in our timeline, Archie's big thing is that he's supposed to stay in Riverdale, make this town as great as he can and mm-hmm. have a family. And so this Archie is kind of on that path. He doesn't know that that could be his path but he knows that like having a family makes sense to him it's what he would like to do but i guess we're starting now um cheryl mentions that you know she heard that he wrote veronica a beautiful poem so maybe you could write one for me and Archie's like yeah i can do that and then we cut to the other side of pops and it's veronica and jack having their cheersing and like they're such a good team nick and nora and so veronica's like you know could you walk me home and he's like, actually, I was going to stay at the diner. She's like, what? Why? And he's like, "Um, because they trashed my train car. So she invites him to stay at her place because there are, you know, wings that she hasn't stepped foot in. And there's some back and forth about Judd being a- allergic to silk sheets. Um, But she insists that he stay there. Very sweet. <laughs> we cut over to the biology lab and Tony has a frog and Midge's pee. And so she's going to inject the frog. With Midge's pee, and then if it lays eggs, they'll know if she's pregnant. Now, I want to say here right now, I had never heard of this, so I looked it up to see, is this real or is this Riverdale bullshit? This is fucking real. Wow. 
The fraud test has been highly dependable pregnancy testing method since the 1930s until the immunological test, whatever, like the big fancy test in the 60s came around. So pharmacists would inject the female's early urine sample into frogs and confirm their pregnancy with the spawning of eggs within 18 hours. That is an outstanding pull from the writers. Love it. You'll learn something on Riverdale. This is factual. So, um... Also, such a 50s solution. Oh, totally. But that makes sense. It's accurate and quick. So we cut to later, and the frog has a lot of eggs. So, yep, uh, Midge is pregnant, and Tony so sets many a plan. Eggs. <laughs> so many eggs. She's, like, super pregnant. We're going to find out it's twins later, probably. <laughs> um, so they, they got to get married, but Fangs has got to go clean himself up. He's got to wash the grease out of your hair, put on a button-up shirt, and go ask the clumps for Midge's hands in marriage. And Fangs is like, I'd do anything for Midge, but there's no way they're going to do it. Tony's like, you gotta try. And then, you know, they might surprise you. And if they say no, we'll have to work on it. But you don't tell them that Midge has a bun in the oven yet. They're like, okay. Do you love each other? We love each other so much. We love each other totally. <laughs> uh, we cut over the Pembroke, and it's morning. And Jughead made breakfast. A fuck ton of breakfast. A Jughead serving of breakfast, if you will. I just made a little breakfast for you. Little? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and Veronica is very impressed and she goes, hey, let's walk to school together. And Jughead says, nope, I'm skipping school. I got to go find the dog. And uh, Veronica said, OK, then I'll skip, too. And I'm going to clean up your train car. Cool. I feel a little like little orphan Annie, which makes me daddy Warbucks. Warbucks? Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Astute. Oh, so, so cute. What a fun line. Mm-hmm. And so true. Oh, yes. We go over to school again, and Betty is talking to Archie, and she's like, huh, you're getting married? This is ridiculous. And she's like, you just got to tell your mom the truth. And Archie's like, I can't let Cheryl be in trouble. And she's like, but you can't get married to her. And, you know, Archie just, you know, has excuse after excuse. You know, it could be all right. I could figure out my purpose. And Betty just asks him, do you love her? And she goes, I could. I mean, Dr. Werther's says love grows over time he showed us a graph it starts when you're 17 and peaks when you're 21 i mean that's when you really start loving someone (laughs) this is the dumbest thing this boy has ever said and archie has said some dumb fucking shit this is my favorite this is my favorite stupid thing he has ever said (laughs) i mean it peaks at 21 you you Uh... know he He's so impressionable, this young boy. Oh, yes. <laughs> but then Betty says a very current timeline Betty thing to Archie, which Archie really needs in his thick skull. There's a difference between saving someone and loving someone. Boo. <sighs> then Cheryl shows up and says, hey, Archie, my dad wants to see us after school. And he's like, yeah, sure. Cool. And Betty just looks at him and goes, you're a wonderful guy. And it's really sweet that you want to help. Cheryl, but marriage is forever. It's the rest of your life. <sighs> yep. Then we go over to Thornhill and Clifford has set a plan for the kids. A um, life plan. The, a life plan. The kids say that they want to get married in a small ceremony at Niagara Falls. And he's like, nope, you're going to be married by a judge in Thornhill. That'll set you up with a part time job at the Naval Factory. And then you'll both graduate high school. 
And then Archie's like, yeah, but then we'll go to college. College is a waste of time. Um, you will enter the Blossom Management Training Program. And then once that's completed, you'll come on full time. Cheryl will help her mother manage Thornhill and eventually learning how to run the estate herself. To which Cheryl's like, why? And then Archie's <laughs> like, but we're not going to live here. You most certainly will. Where else were you going to live? Archie's like, well, I thought me and Cheryl could live with my parents' house. Cheryl in that hovel, which Archie is like, was my house and cheryl <laughs> instantly is like oh fuck you just insulted his whole family that is not cool yeah and clifford the fun part is clifford doesn't do it just like evilly he just does it casually yeah. it's so blase for him to just be to just completely destroy everything about uh -huh. him yep it's, it's no consequence to him not not even a little bit man <sighs> We cut on over to the dark room and Fangs has been all made up. He's gone totally square. <laughs> yep. And he's talking to Tony. How'd it go? It did not go well. They forbade me from seeing her ever again. And he's <laughs> like, well, you're just, you're, you're going to have to uh, keep trying. You know, Midge is rich. She's white. Her parents love her. And on top of that, you're a greaser wannabe rock star. And like Fangs is like, thanks. You just have to become, you know, a Richie Valence type rock star. And once you're rich and famous, it'll be undeniable. You'll re-propose to Midge and you'll have their blessing. And he's just like, fine. No. No. This is not no. how those things work. But okay. No. Oh. Here I thought Tony was like the the one wise one. But here's a little moment where it's like, oh, this one's this one's real bad. Yeah. We go over to the train car and Veronica has completely redone it. Jughead's got hot dog. She goes, well, if you fellas approve, you really are like Daddy Warbucks. Mm -hmm. Apparently, you know, she consulted with her sack decorator friends. She's like, if I had more time, it would have been better. Jughead's like, like the Orient Express without the murder, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, and Veronica's just like, look, you and hot dog are more than welcome at the Pembroke. And Jughead says, I'm a creature of habit and so is hot dog but thank you for everything and she goes of course no problem i'll let me leave you guys here we cut on over to the cooper house and alice is confronting betty about her slick smoke this is very very silly oh my god and betty's like where did you get that she goes i was cleaning your room now tell me, why do you have this book? I was reading it because I was trying to figure some things out and everything you tell me makes no sense. Watch your tone, little miss. And she's like, a girl your age should not be reading this filth. Well, then, Mom, when? When, Mom? And it's not filth. It's just the truth. And Alice like, where did you get this? And Ethel was like, it's mine. It was at my house. That's where Betty found it. I ordered it from a catalog in the mail. And Alice like, why am I not surprised? And Betty's like, it doesn't matter. I'm not done reading it yet. And she grabs it from her mom and goes upstairs. They're such teenagers. I know. It's so cute. They're better teenagers than the first season. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so it's cute. I, I love it. It is so fun. We cut to Archie talking with Cheryl. And I think it's the doghouse, but I'm not too sure. And Archie's like, I don't know if I can go through with it after that talk with your dad. Like, this feels wrong. <laughs> no, uh Archie. And Cheryl's like, I agree. Because I demanded too much of you. Like asking you to lie, to marry into my life, my family, that's a cross and mine alone to bear. Cheryl's getting um, it. She's like, she's getting there. And Archie's like, it doesn't have to be. I have a better plan. She's like, what? Like, let's elope. 
you could get away from your family. I could get a job on a ranch and I could be, I don't know, a folk singer. What? A folk singer. Um, let's go be whoever we want to be. And Cheryl's like, okay, let's try it. She's just, <sighs> poor Cheryl. I know. She just wants to get away. <laughs> she just doesn't want to have to deal with this reality anymore. And through this conversation, Tony has been listening to everything. They pan down and there she is. Mm-hmm. Then we cut over to the music room and Betty is talking to Kevin. And so she's like, I, I read more of my book, including, um, you know, the chapter about, you know, men like you. And I think you're brave. And Kevin is just like, so he's like, swell to the last. Just so Precious. And so she's like, here's your pen back. Thought maybe you could give it to Clay. And which is very, again, like very like sweet and encouraging, but also like, <laughs> let's remember what time we're in. <laughs> and Kevin's like, um, that's not mine. That's your mom. What? Oh, um, when we were having our trouble, she gave it to me to take the pressure off of our relationship. You went to my mom for advice. Uh, no, um, she reached out to me. I hope that's okay. And Betty is like, that fucking bitch in her face. <laughs> in her face. Of course. So we cut to the locker, the girls' locker room, and Tony confronts Cheryl. It's like, you're running away from yourself. This is a huge mistake. Cheryl's like, how do how, you know? You don't understand my situation. And Tony's like, uh, I used to be, be you. Like, you can go away, but eventually, you're gonna have to look yourself in the mirror and face face it. Yep. Um, you know, otherwise, you're just gonna wither away. So, like, this was good. This was like, she didn't name the thing that is haunting Cheryl. But she said, look, I've been here and what you're doing ain't going to work out very well. This was better. It wasn't. It was, it was a little bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. That's all very yep. good. Yeah. We go back to the Cooper house and Ethel has been sent away to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Mom, the nuns there are bonkers. They do experiments on people. They do not, Elizabeth. That rumor has been debunked. I believe this. I don't. They're going to have to prove otherwise. But based on what I what they've already been doing, I think they're going to tone down the Sisters of Quiet Mercy here because this all is a big illusion thing. Uh-huh. So I, I'm not saying it's great for Ethel. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. But I don't think we're going down the same route because all of the heightened crazy shit about these places has been reined in for this universe. So but weirdly, I-, I actually believe her right now. I think their focus is just going to be different. Um, they're going to have to prove otherwise if they're going to go down that road. Yeah, I I think this is going to be one of those things that is there are things that are going to have to be the same across universes. Like they just make sense that in most of the multiverses, it's all like this. And I think it makes sense for the Sisters of Quiet Mercy to still be a place where you send people you don't want to deal with. This is true. No, absolutely. That's still true. Yeah. I just don't know if we're going to get the weird, like, psychotic experimentation shit. Yeah. Betty confronts Alice about Kevin. She tries to, you know, basically lie to her. And she's like, what did you think you were doing? Trying to settle me down? And Alice just, again, denies all of it. And was like, oh, yeah, I burned your book. You won't be reading it under the covers anymore. But one other thing. She says, what are you so afraid of? Yeah. And Alice says... I'm here to protect you from dangers you don't even know are coming your way. You'll ding, thank ding. me for it later. Yeah, it's that shit that's going on with your dad. Probably. Probably. Or like we had in our universe, Polly was pregnant. That's why she was sent away. If Betty has sex, that means she's going to get pregnant and her life will be ruined. Um, so that's why she has to keep all of this shit away. Of course, she wants her daughter to get to date a boy who's gay. 
those are possibilities, and there's also the possibility that something crazier is going on. Mm-hmm. But we'll get that. Uh, we cut to the bus stop, and Archie is sitting there waiting for Cheryl. Um, Cheryl comes up in the convertible, and she's like, I can't go. And she's like, you're a true gentleman, but I I can't keep running away from my problems, at least not this one. And she goes, someday you're going to make a girl very happy, and she's going to want to go to California with you. Maybe she... But, like, unfortunately, that's not me, but maybe she lives right next door to you. And Archie's like, you mean? And Cheryl finishes the thought, maybe you should write Betty one of those sweet poems of yours. Yay! This is, you know what? This is better Cheryl redemption than any other shit they've done on this show. It's pretty good, especially what happens next. We go to the dark room and Cheryl walks in to talk to Tony. Tony's like, shouldn't you be halfway to Frisco by now? And she's like, I decided not to leave. For many reasons. And Tony's like, oh yeah? She goes, I don't know where to go from here. And so Tony takes the book that she's reading and says, why don't you start by reading this book and see if anything resonates with you? Will you do that? Not for me, but for yourself. And she hands her a book that's called The Cost of Pepper. And I looked this up. It also needs to be stated that the song playing under this scene is Unchained Melody. Mm Mm-hmm. The book, The Cost of Pepper, is not real. This is very much a Riverdale thing. It's based on another book that is real called The Price of Salt, which is a book from the 50s about women struggling with understanding their sexuality. It's by Mm. Patricia Highsmith. So it is a real book. Um, They just did the the Riverdale thing. It's The Price of Salt, if you want to look that book up. And then we cut to Archie in his room looking out at Betty's room and he's writing he's writing what we assume is a poem and he folds it up and he starts marching down the the stairs and he sees a suitcase that's different and he walks more into the living room and he sees his mom and uncle frank oh what are you doing your mom called caught me up on everything sounded like i needed to come to town to knock some heads starting with yours bro uh-oh which I do like that now we've got Uncle Frank. That's cool. That's a fun way to bring him in. <laughs> With makes, a pencil-thin mustache. Sense. The mustache is is weird. Like, I, I'm into, like, the slicked-back, almost greaser-style hair. But the mustache is creepy. <laughs> uh, we cut to Jughead is at the Pembroke talking to Veronica. And... He's like, all I know is what they've told me, that Ethel was staying at some home for wayward children with a bunch of nuns called the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And Veronica's like, are you okay? No, I feel like I failed her. And Veronica's being very reassuring. He's like, no, you didn't. You fought hard to save her. And you did. Like, you got her out of jail. And then they kiss. And it's a very good kiss. And when they pull away, Jenkins goes, wow, we. But Veronica replies, you can say that again. And then they kiss again. Riverdale. Riverdale. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Vughead official. Well, in this universe, I, again, I've talked about it the last few episodes. I like their interaction. It's something that is missing from our original timeline. It, and they've set the table really well for this to make sense for them. Like, they they have the same types of pop culture references that would create any sort of friendship, much less a romantic relationship. It doesn't have to go very far, but that's fine. I think this is a really good way. I feel like this is going to help trigger present day veronica and like oh i need more than just arm candy or physical connection i need someone who keeps my brain going who like is like who is on the same path with me mentally which means enter reggie mantle 
Reggie Mantle has been the only guy she's dated in this in this show that both could keep up with her mentally and was also on the same wavelength physically with her. Their relationship way better than her relationship with Archie. It's just it's just a fact. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, so it's coming. So let's go watch the next time on. All right, well, next week is our typical, you know, just a few little uh, bottle stories. Um, But this one's called Tales in the Jugular Vein, which is very funny um yeah so we're gonna get some some spooky stories it looks like um veronica and betty are gonna be the the sanderson sisters from i mean the shining i can't remember what the girl's name is but they're they're taught they say come play with us like them um they say come join us it's a threesome (laughs) yeah it's well i don't know if it's threesome but i think it's gonna be the like who do you like more betty or veronica so we're gonna play with that game of course we are then we're gonna get you know cheryl and Archie potentially having sex. Um, but that's all going to be a gateway to Cheryl being like, oh, no, I want to have sex with ladies. Um, uh, also, Cheryl is a vampire. Oh, but that's just that just tracks. That's going to be the whole thing. <laughs> and then Betty getting poisoned by her hairspray, maybe. Yeah, which uh, which the beehive, again, is callback to the Hedwig and the Angry Inch musical, but also the bubbling poisoning is from the what's it king Gar- the griffins and gargoyles game oh the gargoyle king the gargoyle king yeah that's oh, what it's called God. yeah so that's like some like echoes of that i'm just when are they gonna find the bunker where are they gonna find the bunker they're not the bunker, the, bunker the train car is the bunker that okay i can i can buy that but also i want i want a bunker um yeah it's awesome oh yeah it'll be ridiculous but it should be fun it's it's gonna be stupid but i bet you every time they've done these uh-huh. they always throw a twist at the end that really does a big setup i bet you we get something much bigger for like oh shit nah, i don't know because last time mm-hmm. they didn't because they did a really shitty job of it in season six well okay so that they, they, ha- they have they have done well let's forget are... season six ever existed you know well we can't um damn it the problem with this show, above all else, is that it is inconsistent. Always. <laughs> Always. So, um, yeah. So until next time, hashtag Go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.